there was a few <clears throat> a few practice days where you know I hadn't slept and I was like really really high or I'd do a couple rails before I went into the to rink for practice and I'm just skating around on the ice and going yep today's the day my heart's gonna just explode sure. you know and then I make it is there anyone out there from darkness to life contains the real stories of courageous individuals who found their way out of the darkness caused by mental health challenges and substance abuse if these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn Rick Ryan and Damien are here for you Please reach out when you're ready to ourcollectivejourney.ca or on Facebook at Our Collective Journey. Good to go. Better. Sweet. Good day. Welcome to another episode of Our Collective Journey's podcast from Darkness to Life. I'm sitting here with my good friend Ryan and a very special guest today, Mr. Theron Fleury. Awesome. Theron. That's unbelievable. How come as soon as I leave, leave the city of Calgary... Everybody calls me Theron, but when I'm in Calgary, it's Theo. It's just weird. <laughs> it's one of life's mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> like when I go back to Moose Jaw, everybody says, hey, Theron. I'm like, so weird. What do you prefer? You got a preference? Uh, I, well, my mom prefers Theron, uh, <laughs> but I've, I've just come become so used to everybody calling me Theo that yeah. it's just kind of weird when people go, Theron Fleury. It's like, wow, okay. So... <laughs> It's my inner child stuff, you know, that, you know, peeks its head out at me. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know we start off all our episodes of our podcast by asking the proverbial question, how are you? Whereas I'm good is not an answer. Yeah. Yeah, It's not the surface bullshit. Yeah. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, uh, how are you actually doing today? Well, I always say I'm still fucking crazy, (laughs) but it's just way more manageable. Right. And so... Um, you know, I fluctuate between all the emotions, you know, sadness, anger, loneliness, happiness, you know, contentment, all that stuff, you know, and I think that, uh, um, you know, we, it, it is amazing how many of us just good or fine is our answer, you know, yeah. and, and that, and that, you know, that just puts a wall, a bigger wall in between of us for a relationship. For sure. Right? You know, and so when you um, when you actually identify, well, uh, when was the first time you guys could even identify how you were feeling? About six years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's the weirdest thing to, you know, uh, to, and when you say to somebody, you know, how are you doing? Well, I'm really sad today. They're like, yeah. Now I get all fucking freaked out, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like, no, that's how I'm feeling. You know, so for sure. And you did ask me that, right? Did you, yeah. Did you ask me how I felt? Yeah. yeah well, that's you know. So, and and part of the reason you know that we're in this state is you know we're not allowed to actually talk about our true mm-hmm. feelings and what's going on. For sure, we talk about that lots. Where you ask somebody that question and you get the. It's almost like a form of greeting someone now. They, hey, I'm good. And you just keep on walking. Nobody really, <laughs> nobody really cares anymore how you're really doing. It's a form of greeting someone, yeah. and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah. it depend on, depends on how many likes you get yeah. Yeah. on social media. Isn't that the right? truth, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how our society's at a point now that, you know, the, the likes and the comments and the shares are how we value each other's conversations, and, and it's all... It's all bullshit, right? right? At the end but, of the day. But from a uh, neuroscience perspective, that's dopamine. Dopamine and serotonin, right? Yep. So, For sure. You know, and, it's, and it was designed that way, so we get hooked, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like uh, watching, you know, the, the slot players at the casinos, you know, completely comatose, and they're smoking, so that's mm-hmm. serotonin. Dopamine, yeah. serotonin, dopamine, but they're not even there. They don't care if they win or lose as long as they get the, the hit of dopamine, the hit of serotonin. Same, you know. Yeah, it's amazing how all that stuff is intertwined, and oh. <laughs> you, you get into it and you do it long enough that it, you don't even think about it. Yeah, it just takes over. Yeah. it's that compulsion and obsession, mm-hmm. and it's in so many forms of life. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and, and you know, when you're active in your addiction, all you're thinking about is getting loaded. That's the only thing you're thinking about. That's it. And when when I tell people that, they're like, what do you mean? That's all I thought about. Yeah. 
you know, how do I get in a fight with the wife so I can get the <laughs> hell out of the house? Then I know where to go from there. And then, you know, that first drink is like, whoa. Yeah. Right? We've talked about that. We would actually make up those excuses. Yeah. Premeditate them during mm-hmm. the day. How can I start this fight? Because yeah. I want to get out of here and go do what I want to yeah. do. Well, one of my one of my favorite stories was I went to my first treatment center in Tucson, Arizona. This place called Cottonwood. It was like, you know, foo-foo. There was a swimming pool and hot tub and shuffle boards and all this. I was just like, okay. So anyways, uh, they put us on the fun bus, right, to take us off the grounds to go to AA every night, right? So we call it the fun bus, right? So my first AA meeting I ever go to is in Tucson, Arizona. So I walk into the room, grab a coffee, and sit in my chair, and there's this little old lady sitting at, you know, it's a speaker's meeting. And I'm going, what's this all about, right? (laughs) So she opens her mouth, she identifies herself, and uh, she said, uh, um, I, I drank one glass of wine a day. I was like, am I in the right place? You know? I don't know if you got what I got. And then she said, you know what I thought about the other 23 hours? That one glass of wine. And I was like, holy shit. You know, it's like, put it into perspective, right? Because it's an obsession of the mind. Absolutely. Right? So, freaky. That's crazy. (laughs) And a lot of times in all the meetings I've been to, I usually hear a message like that from the from the person I least yeah. likely expect to hear. Exactly. exactly. So it's like what you said in your presentation earlier is that I took the cotton out of here and put it in here and start listening to these messages because yeah. they're coming yeah. if I'm listening. Well, that's an AA thing. Yeah. Take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your totally. mouth. That's totally AA, you know, yeah. especially from the old timers, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like stop sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Just sit there and fucking listen. <clears throat> you don't need to share. You're, for sure. You're what? Two weeks sober, yeah. and you're like fucking a philosopher, you know? <laughs> like, and I remember we talk about that lots. Like when we first went to our first meetings, all we had was a problem to share. We didn't yeah. have any solution no. stuff yet. Mm. So, like, what do I have to offer this program if I if I don't listen? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are actually present and you are listening, you you'll you'll eventually get it, right? Yeah. You know, if you stick around long enough. It, it eventually happens. Yeah, absolutely. And when, well, it's, when it starts to happen, we talk about that too, that I can't put my finger on the day it happened. Yeah. But I look back now and I think, man, it happened. When yeah. did it happen? Because I, I get so used to waiting at the start for this big miracle, this life-changing event, yeah. that they're happening every day I stayed clean and sober. Yeah. It's piling up into this recovery and it's just a wild concept. Oh, I remember when I, when I was at my darkest moment, right? And I remember almost... I had a plan to take my life and it was, I was going to drive out onto a lake and it was like, you, I knew the lake wasn't going to take my truck. Right. Yeah. And so that was going to the way, be the way I was going to go. And, and for whatever reason, you know, higher power, whatever you want to call it, I didn't do it. And on my way back into town, I was living just outside Edmonton. Then I stopped in Stony Plain and there's a big Catholic church. And I went in there to, you know, find my peace, right. Find yeah. my higher power. And, and, uh, I got talking to the the preacher in there and, and I'm like, man, I sat there and I said, you know, I even rolled down the window and I, for the first time in my life, I genuinely prayed for something, yeah. right? <laughs> Give me a sign because yeah. like I'm, I'm out of time, right? Yeah. Like you're out of time. I'm out of yeah. time. I need something. And, uh, and I'm, and so I'm talking to the priest and I'm like, and I rolled my window down. I'm like looking at clouds and like listening for a, a bird flying by, like anything. Yeah. Give me any sign yeah. that I can misinterpret <laughs> yeah. into yeah, being exactly. God, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, and there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And I'm like, so, so what the hell? Like explain that to me, yeah. right? And this priest, Catholic priest looks at me and he goes, well, what'd you pray for? I said, well, I didn't want to die. And he goes, where are you sitting right now? And I just kind of went like, shit. <laughs> right? And he looks yeah, at me, and, and, and this it came from a Catholic priest, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. He looked at me, and he goes, all you fucking addicts are the same. Yeah. He goes, you're looking for this big, booming voice, burning bush. Yeah, because I'm a fucking addict, <laughs> yeah. you fucking <laughs> asshole. I'm an instant gratification <laughs> junkie. Yeah. You know, if I want God, he better show up right now. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and, and, this, and this preacher just laughs, and he goes, man, when God... When God talks, you got, you better be quiet because yeah. he's just whispering. Mm-hmm. So stop looking, stop thinking, and just listen. Yeah. Shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. And like that was a pretty 
big shift in my thinking and, and yeah. you know, and I'm, I still struggle with the God concept yeah, in the programs. Of course. Stuff. Big time, you know, I heard you speak about it a bit and it's not a big dude with a beard and living up mm-hmm. in the clouds to me at all. Um, but, you know, I found something that I can put Basically, it's it's just not me. Like that's, were, that's what I figured out. I, you were I figured doing out such I'm a great God. job of <laughs> exactly. running your own life, yeah. you know. Right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. When yeah. you talk about driving the bus, yeah. and the bus always crashes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And even in recovery, if I start taking that steering wheel back, oh yeah, things go sideways pretty quickly. Well, I've hit I've hit more rock bottoms in sobriety than I ever did drinking. Oh you yeah. Know? yeah. Because you, you're feeling your feelings. You're you're going through stuff that you thought you had buried or yeah. whatever, you know, like this year for me has been like, it's been crazy, you know, just stuff that I've sort of mm-hmm. pushed aside. Now it's like, you know, and when you ask for shit and you get it, it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know, in, in the, my sponsor always tells me, you know, if you're, if you're struggling, you know, ask, ask for, ask for a newcomer to come your way. Right. And right. somebody, somebody to help. And, and I'll find myself in that position, but then Holy shit. When, when you ask, like you better be ready cause they're coming. And, yeah. and like all of a sudden oh, yeah. I ended up with four new guys that yeah. I'm working with. And it's mm-hmm. like juggling things, trying to yeah. keep up with everything. And yeah, it's uh, sure. pretty wild, especially since we started this, our collective journey thing, you know, and, and really putting it out there and, and we're, trying to just support the community and and it's it's amazing how just giving a voice to this has given permission to so many people to so to, you you've been run over too oh more than <laughs> more than one time yeah. actually i was I joking yeah. well not even joking i haven't slept i'm still going off yesterday because i was on the phone dealing with people reaching out all night like I've, i'm still i'm still on yesterday's yeah, time yeah, right yeah. i know and that's you know i get a lot of people you know, reaching out and saying, you know, I want to write a book about my life. And I'm like, are you, you know, like how much healing do you have? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a whole lot of healing, yeah, it's great that you want to tell your story, but I'm telling you, once you put it out there, you're going to get run over. And if you're not prepared, which I was when I wrote the book, like I had no idea. And Selena was there at the beginning too. And like, she came to me and said, I can't, I can't read another story. Like I can't, I can't respond to one. And, you know, uh, Dawn, you know, she's she's been with me the longest. And, you know, she's heard lots of stories. And so if you're not, if you're not doing your own work, mm-hmm. it's very easy to get swallowed up in, you know, everybody else's stuff. And if you're a fixer, you know, <laughs> you want to try and fix it, well, you can't, you know, so... I think the beauty of our position on it is there's a ton of accountability, right? And anybody yeah. anybody that reaches out to us, they get the consistent message of, you know, we'll match your effort, but yeah. there's not a single person in this room is going to carry that for you. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you want this, we'll help you get it, yeah. but nobody's yeah. carrying the weight for yeah. you. You're going to have to carry your well, own that's why I shit. Love, I love the, we're going to love you until you can love yourself. I yeah. love that part, you know, <laughs> because that's, that's the disease. You know, we're so negative and we beat the shit out of each other ourselves and abuse ourselves yeah. for so long that we don't know anything different for sure that's right? the normal yeah it's it's comfortable to yeah. do that because we know what we're going to get yeah. as a consequence of mm. doing that and it's com- like it's yeah. familiar yeah and it feels comfortable we've been talking about that that's uh, been like the topic of the week for us right is what's what's familiar is comfortable no matter how toxic or how yeah. bad that can mm. be we were we were talking with a gentleman who's involved with uh, the public housing movement in town and he's employed mm-hmm. by community housing right and he's like some people are homeless because they choose to be yeah because that's what's familiar and yeah. that's what's comfortable mm-hmm. and you try to you're trying to solve a problem for them that they don't perceive as a problem because that's what they know and it's the only thing they know so but who, who the fuck are we but they're also they're probably happy exactly oh, yeah, for sure <laughs> right absolutely but we have a certain you know label that we put on these people you know that that geez i'd like to be that happy and you know, yeah. If, that, if that's all you need, right? For sure. So, and I run into that all the time in the community. I'm a I'm an addictions counselor working for CMHA as a addictions yep. crisis worker, and ninety percent of the individuals I work with, once I build that relationship with them and hear their stories, like yeah. we talked about, man, they're some of the coolest people I've ever met. And they are, when you break through some of that, you know, that defense mechanism that they've put up, and you work through that label that somebody's given them already, and they start to trust you, and they tell you their story. It's what keeps me coming back yeah. every morning. So it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
It's awesome to watch the light bulb <laughs> go off on somebody. <laughs> Honestly, oh, it yeah. is like so incredible. One of our other, there's three of us that founded this thing and the other guy's over in the middle of Persian Gulf right now. He's a petroleum engineer mm. offshore, so he's unfortunately not with us today. But um, he got me involved in uh, speaking at a treatment center. So our, our group goes into a treatment center every couple of weeks and kind of does our, mm-hmm. you know, this is what recovery could look like, right? And uh, I remember, I'll never forget the first time I came out of there with him and he looked at me and just, uh, you know, I, I, I have no idea the look on my face, but he says to me, he goes, that's better than any line of blow you've ever done, eh? <laughs> and and it, that just it, to see that light bulb turn on when yeah. you're talking, you know, and maybe, maybe, you know, out of the 20 people, maybe one will actually get it. Yeah. And, well, and the, that's the stats okay. are one out of every 30 people <clears throat> that go to a 30-day treatment facility go on to have continuous sobriety. One out of 30. Yeah. yeah. So. I remember yeah. hearing something similar to that when I went to treatment. They t- the second time, the first time I went for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Save a job, <laughs> save a wife. Save everything. Yeah. Just stop yeah. the consequences. Yeah. It was right? crazy, right? Yeah. But the second time when I actually opened my ears and I heard the statistics that whatever it was they said at that time, 3% of you in this room, there's 35 of us, will actually make it into recovery and stay there. And I'm, I was so broken and convinced it was going to be me. Yeah. I'm looking around to try to find the other two people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, of course fuck you all are. year. I don't know who else is making it, but I'm making it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So that was the first time you were in the recovery. Well, we're- no, this was the second time. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, and I didn't make it. Well, to today, anyway. I don't know about tomorrow, but today, I'm clean. We're such egomaniacs with inferiority complexes, oh. aren't we? That's oh, so yeah. true. That's yeah. so true. And you know, like you were talking earlier about instant gratification. Oh. We talked about it numerous times, right? My first counselor told me, you know, and he had lived experience 30 years. And he said, if there was a magic pill to cure your addiction, I wouldn't give it to you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'd probably take three of them. Yeah. Because if one's good, three's <laughs> yeah, going to be amazing. Right. <laughs> and how selfish, you prick. Why wouldn't you cure me today? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's funny, the stuff we look back at and think how crazy our minds were back then. Yeah. And they still can get there. Oh, today. yeah. Absolutely. We keep doing the work yep. that got us here. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, right? Is is you know, like you said, I'm I'm still batshit crazy. I'm still yep. that guy. I'm mm-hmm. still, I'm still 100 percent capable of making all those terrible decisions. <laughs> and and as soon as I start making a decision for me, it, yeah. it fucking goes sideways. Like yeah. you that, know, I've just got to. <laughs> that ain't a good place. <laughs> you know, I'm the least. You know, I, I should not be allowed in my own brain without adult supervision. Is kind of that's, where I'm at, mm-hmm. right? And I've got no business making decisions for me. I just got to put myself in a place that. I can make the next right decision, whatever is presented yeah. to me, and stop trying to control the outcome and mm. control the situation yeah. and just be, right? Yeah. And that's one of the kind of running mantras we have at our collective journey is we just keep saying yes to the next right thing. Yeah. And things start happening. Yeah. Yeah. If it feels right, and we have a collective that we bounce it off, we run our program here, just like a lot of the other programs, we do group conscience. And if yeah. one of us doesn't, it doesn't sit well with us, we don't even discuss it anymore. Yeah. It's like, nope, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But and it's been pretty cool. Yeah, we do a lot of ego checking, right? Because I know mm. I, I, I can't tr- I can't trust myself. I can't trust my motivations, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's a lot of like, hey, buddy, you know, I call Ryan or Damien all the time, and I'm like, run something by him. And I'm like, you know, is, is this me? Is this ego? Mm. Or is this, you know, am I right here? Yeah. And, well, and, and you know what? I, I think that COVID has really stunted all of our growth. Yeah. Because we're not, you know, we're not in community. Like we're not being held accountable. We're not, you know, we're having trouble bouncing shit off of people and stuff. So, you know, that, that's been probably my biggest challenge is not doing these kind of events. Yeah. You know, I can totally relate to that because just this past Wednesday, somebody phoned me up and asked if I'd come be a speaker at one of the 12 step meetings. And that was my first in-person meeting since last March in a year. Yeah. And I'm a weekly regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, you know, the Zoom world has kind of taken us over. And thank goodness for Zoom because it yeah. gave us some form yeah. of recovery still. But what an experience to sit in a room with another recovering, a group of recovering yeah. addicts. It was I amazing. I find in the Zoom world that I have to work extra hard to be present mm-hmm. for the people that I'm speaking to. And yeah. when I'm done, like I'm done. Yeah. Like I've had, <clears throat> I've had a couple panic attacks after after doing speeches and I'm just like what the fuck Where is this shit from? you know what I mean yeah. it's because you just gotta like you gotta work because yeah. you know half the people have their screens turned off and totally. I'm like where's where's the connection here yeah, you know for sure and so you gotta even work harder 
to yeah. you, you know, but <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely. One of the f- most fascinating things, I was looking at some of your videos online and the whole indigenous connection. And I watched one of your videos where they were doing some sort of MTV Cribs thing at one of your houses or something. Yeah. In your office, you had like the sculpture from None of It, I think, yeah. and you had some drums and stuff. Yeah. And I didn't, re- I didn't realize, you know, that was part of your story and oh, how yeah. amazing mm-hmm. that is. It's been unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, that whole... Well, that was the game changer, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, step one, two, and three is what? Spirituality. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And I skipped right over that and went right to 12, right? Had many spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And then about five years into my sobriety, I hit a wall and I was like, this is what sobriety is. I might as well fucking drink because yeah. I'm acting like, you know, one. <laughs> And then I started, you know, it was shortly after the book came out. So I was done the book tour. And then I started going to these communities. And then, you know, um, this is a great story. It might take a long time, but um, it's part of the spiritual journey. So I show up in Bella Coola, British Columbia. Okay. You know anything about Bella Coola, British Columbia? It's like one of the most spectacular, beautiful places on the planet. And I'm speaking at a sexual abuse conference in this little community. There's only one way in and one way out. And uh, so I get off the plane and this kid uh, meets me off the plane. He says, hey, my name's Chris and I'm like the local historian for the community. And I looked at him, I'm like, how old are you? He's like, I'm, I'm 24. And I'm like, you're 24 and you're the history dude for this community. He's like, he said, yeah. He said, my grandfather was the guy, passed down all this information. So, you know, I'm the guy. And uh, so I got there the day before the conference and he said to me, he says, uh, you know, like, what are you doing for the rest of the day? I said, I don't know, probably just check in the hotel and watch TV. He says, well, you want to go on a hike? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to go on a hike. Nice. So, so we drive out in towards the mountains and we come to this place. There's a bunch of cars parked there and whatever. And so we start walking and uh, we're walking by this stream where you can literally put your hand in the water and drink it. It's so pure. And then we hike in through the woods and then we come to this clearing. And there's all of these carvings of animals that have been traced back hundreds of thousands of years. So he starts to explain what each animal means in his culture. And so I just happened to be standing uh, above the carving of a frog. And he says to me, he says, uh, you ever seen a frog hop backwards? Like, no, I can't say that. And I have, he said, well, the frog can look to the left, the frog can look to the right, but it's always going straight ahead. And I was like, holy fuck, like, that's me. You know, I lived my whole entire life in my past. Yeah. What a great example for me of this frog. So I don't think anything of it other than it's a great story. So fast forward nine months later, I'm in Winnipeg, uh, at another conference at this place called the Thunderbird House, okay? And there's a sweat lodge on Main Street in Winnipeg, Manitoba. There's a sweat lodge. So I get there the night before. Somebody says, we're doing a sweat tonight. You want to come do this? <laughs> yeah, of course. So go do this sweat. It's like every other sweat. Beautiful, amazing, spiritual. So the next day, um, I'm do my speech and I tell the story of the frog and as soon as I'm done speaking the spiritual guy ran the sweat the night before grabs the mic out of my hand and says you'll never guess what walked in the sweat lodge last night I was like I don't know he said a frog and he said I didn't know what this you know what this meant and then you tell the story and, and so and so they shut the whole conference down and they do this sacred ceremony and they present me with the pipe so I'm a pipe carrier. Yeah. And if you know anything about the pipe, it's like one of the highest mm-hmm. honors you can receive. And it comes with a lot of responsibility. So I'm like, I don't <laughs> fucking want this pipe. You know, because I don't want responsibility, right? You know? So I take this pipe. And now, everywhere I go, this fucking frog is following me all over. So I'm in Halifax. I check in the hotel. It's 11 o'clock at night, 
my room is pitch black. I flick the light on, and there's a fucking frog right beside my bed. And I'm like, what the hell is going on, right? So, so then I'm in way up in northern BC on the Alberta uh, BC border, and I'm with Métis people, my people. So we're doing a sweat, and so before we go into the sweat, I'm talking to the spiritual guys running the sweat, and I'm telling them this frog story. So, so he says to me, he goes, uh, he goes, does your daughter have asthma? I'm like, how do you know this shit? And he's like, I know everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so he said, the next time you see a frog, he says, capture the frog and uh, grab your daughter, take her up to her bedroom, light, light a smudge, say a prayer, and put this frog on, on her chest. So in the springtime, we're... Me and my daughter Skylar are out in the backyard, and this fucking frog comes hopping by. So I grab the frog and go upstairs. I like this smudge, and I put the frog on her chest. My daughter doesn't have asthma anymore, <laughs> you know. And 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 so that was my first sort of experience with all this spirituality and how this story just keeps getting bigger and better, and you know, and 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 all that. And so. You know, I actually was in Hawaii, oh, and I got I got this frog tattooed on my uh, on my wrist to remind me of this amazing journey yeah. that I've been on. But you know, I love that. You know, if we just slow down, and instead of taking big leaps and strides and bounds, because when we do that, we learn nothing, mm -hmm. right? And the frog is a great example of just hopping along and just, you know, looking around and, you know, because if you don't feel it and you don't experience that healing, you're never going to get it. For sure. And so, you know, and that's about, because we lived, what, 100 miles an hour, 50,000 miles an hour, you know, especially a guy like me who did cocaine, then you really live oh, yeah. a fast life, you know yep. what I mean? And so, you know, it's a great example just to slow down and, you know, participate and and, and just be patient. Yeah. Right? Because we're not patient. No. 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 That was we, have, we, had we have nothing of that. Patience and tolerance. Yeah. I didn't know those even existed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, as part of the Victor Walk, um, you know, the frog is the symbol of nice. the Victor walk, yeah. right? Wow. You know, and uh, yeah, his name is Victor, not <laughs> not victim. <laughs> victim the frog. No, yeah. he's Victor the frog. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, it's been great. And we've done, I don't know, how many of those have we done? Seven? No, six? Ontario, Alberta twice, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Yeah, five. Oh, and Ontario, so six. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, and it was. They're so amazing, and you know, uh, everybody that comes on a Victor Walk, like they're changed forever. Yeah, I bet. Because you know, a lot of those people <clears throat> either don't realize the magnitude of sexual abuse on the planet, but secondly, they have their own stuff, and then when they see like 50, 100, 200, or like 5,000 people that showed up on the front steps of parliament, they're like, oh my God, like I, I'm really not alone in this, in this thing. And so, you know, it's just so amazing to watch and be a part of it. And, and uh, um, because, um, you know, uh, like what's the most successful enterprise on the planet? And everybody would say, Amazon. And I'm like, no, <laughs> wrong. It's child and human trafficking. Yeah. It's a $150 billion industry. So it makes $70 billion more than Amazon, right? Yeah. And so, you know, the magnitude of, you know, sexual deviancy on the planet is, you know, it's pretty scary. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I I knew it was astronomical. And there's 750,000 pedophiles online right now. 750,000 pedophiles right now, as we're speaking. Yeah, I had uh, a couple months ago I had an experience with my kid, and uh, somebody, a predator, had been grooming him online, right in one of his video game chat worlds. Oh and, yeah. 
you know, me being me, I'm ready to murder somebody, yeah. right? And that's just, you know, I go, my character flaws, I go straight to rage yeah. or beat the shit out of myself, <laughs> yeah, right? It's yeah. either directed externally or right. internally. Yeah. I've only got two extremes, right? Just yeah. which direction is that anger going? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm trying to, you know, bring back all the program and like, you know, see people as sick too. And, and you know, I'm trying to process it all and, and stay calm. Right. And, uh, and so this guy starts communicating with him. And so I, I take his phone and I respond back to this guy. Yeah. Right. And like all the typical, like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. I'm going to like, you know, I'm like, nope, let's not go there. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, listen you're talking to this kid's dad now, right? And I'm like, I'm taking copies of all of this. I'm forwarding it to the police department. I'm just giving you notice. And I'm thinking that this guy would like, I'm thinking this guy's shit in his pants, right? Like, oh my God. And he responds with, fuck you, good luck. You'll never find me. And so like now I go, okay, now I'm going to murder somebody, yeah. right? Like <laughs> I tried to, I tried to be the bigger man about yeah. it. Right. And like that just sent me off. Right. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to like come down from that rage yeah. and just the realization then like, you know, we do have good, our organization and personally, you know, have some good relationships with the local police. And, and I, I did, I took screenshots, of everything I forwarded to the police department. He went, dude, like we're never going to find that guy. Right. Mm, it's terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, terrifying. And just to think the magnitude and the impact and the longevity of that impact and the generational longevity of that impact, right? Is just yeah. it's it's catastrophic and well, okay. and no shit we all end up with addiction, substance abuse, right? Trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's trauma, right? That that piece that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. Right? You know, like even even in twelve step it's hard to talk about your trauma mm -hmm. you know old timers don't want to hear that stuff yeah right so i remember uh when i spoke at the north shore roundup and there was a bunch of old timers sitting in the front row and i was talking about my trauma and they i was getting dirty looks and so so i looked at them and i said uh, you guys are working a good program aren't you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, right? honestly someone missed that piece yeah but I heard you mention earlier the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, and yeah. that's like the three pillars of my foundation. Yeah. And it had to be explained to me that you have to really firmly get into those three things. Because up until then, those were my three biggest character defects. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't acknowledging any of that bullshit. No. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah, open-minded and willingness to try new things that are coming from somebody who's got something I want. Yeah. And it, man, it's magic. It yeah. works once I started doing it. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Yeah. Right? How it's it works. Amazing, right? How it works. Absolutely. That's the first line yeah. in that they say it every night. Yeah. yeah. Every meeting. Yeah. It's amazing. I think the biggest piece that I recognize is, is the willingness piece, right? Like, you know, I, I don't need to, I don't need to have a spiritual awakening. I just need to be willing to. Yeah. Right? I, like, and I know... When I first came into the programs, I was looking at the steps and then anything that said God or prayer, I'm like, no, no, not doing it. No, won't do that. Won't do that. Won't do that. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck, we'll see what we can do with like five out of 12 steps. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until my, well, it wasn't even my sponsor then. It was just a, you know, kind of a mentor in the program took me aside and he goes, it, it, it doesn't say you need to, it just says you need to be willing yeah. to. And he goes, and I'm not asking, he's like, you know, wh why wouldn't you? Cause your best thought has got you here. He's like, yeah. why don't you just fucking do it and like be skeptical? Like you can yeah. be the best analogy that I get. Right. And I, I share it sometimes is, is that a bacon, a cake? Yeah. He's like, you don't need to know the chemistry of how baking soda and yeah. the acid, you don't need to know yeah. how it's going to work. Yeah. You follow the recipe, you do what it says, you mix the right stuff. You, you put it in the oven. He goes, it doesn't matter if you sit there and you cross your arms and you defiantly stare at the oven and go, there's no fucking way this is going to work. Yeah. If you follow the steps, the result is a cake. Yeah. <laughs> right, and it's like shit. Yeah. I guess I'll yeah. do step one. So well, it just, and, it's just and, willingness, right? And you know, uh, you know, my biggest prayer is the third step prayer. Yeah. I've said that every day mm -hmm. and every night since I got sober, and that pr prayer has come true in my life. 
Yeah. And it's all about willingness yeah. and surrender. Yeah. Right? That's show me what, how to live. Show yeah. me. Show me. I uh, got it tattooed right on my leg. You got the third step prayer? Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same. As soon as you said that, that's the prayer that I took in my first two weeks of recovery and thought that's the one that's going to get me through every yeah. day. And I do the same thing. I yeah. say it every day. Yeah. Sometimes 20 times a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as many as you need to. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and, you know, obviously the serenity prayer too, you know, yeah. God grant me the serenity, accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So <laughs> please provide me with some wisdom to know the difference, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's yeah. so bizarre. One of the things you were talking about your walk and, and just to see the magnitude and the power of all those people coming together. Right. And, I've shared this with Rick and so many other people in the community. One of the biggest foundations for my early recovery is I did a three months out of treatment. I did a cross Canada bicycle trip with a friend yeah. and camped all the way across. And it was to raise money for the private treatment center we went to, to help the next person get into yeah. this treatment center. Yeah. You're paying it forward. Absolutely. Yeah. But to stop and start having those conversations with people, we yeah. started throwing the kilometers away. Yeah. We're like we're not shooting for a hundred today. Let's sit for two hours and talk to this lady on yeah. the side of the road. Absolutely. And those are the most powerful moments of that whole bike trip is them sharing their story. The, the first two days of the walk, we walked the whole thing. Yeah. And like we were dead. Our <laughs> feet were hamburger, you know, Achilles was getting ready this close to snapping. For sure. My buddy's foot blew up, you know, and all this stuff. But what happened was more people started to come, which then took more time away from walking. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, that was the cool part was creating those relationships with people, you know, was amazing. Yeah. And that, you know, we all were part of it. Right. And uh, yeah, that was the best part. Yeah. And then and then we we started doing rallies in each little place that we showed up in. And that was awesome, too. And I bet. Yeah. And probably just life changing for like I. We listen to you and how life-changing it is for you. Just imagine the people that you impacted right. by doing that. Right. And it's probably right. changed the trajectory of their life yeah. altogether. Well, I'll never forget this guy showed up on like day six or seven. And he made, he made a frog. This frog, <laughs> like he was, a, he was a metal worker. And he had a sexual abuse story. And he made this frog, like this massive frog, and it was so beautiful, right? And he presented it. But then he, he, he came the rest of the way, and uh, as we were all getting ready to say goodbye, I hugged him. And he said, you're the first man that's hugged me since my yeah. abuse. And he goes, you know what? what? It's the greatest feeling ever. Absolutely. You know, and I was just like, wow, you know, it was so, so cool, that you know, you know, so it was awesome. Just the gifts, the gifts, right? Yeah. 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 Well, we were actually talking today and I, and I brought that up. Had I, when I first went down this path in life, well, I was kind of left with no choice, right? It was either yeah. somebody in my life went, here's the deal. I, I'm going to go help you kill yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that we can, everybody can start moving on right. or, or we're going to do something about it. Right. right. And I wouldn't recommend that saying that to somebody in that yeah. situation. Yeah. That was the punch in the face right. I needed. Right? right. And it was just a quit blind yourself. This is where you're going. Either let's go there or let's go here. Yeah. Right. And uh, it was, it was pretty remarkable how, you know, we talked about it today. If, if I had made a list of things that I wanted my life to look like that day, mm -hmm. I would have sold myself so short for what the rewards oh, yeah. I got. Oh, right. Yeah. It, and it's like, man, you know, all uh, I quit drinking and drugging so that I didn't die. Yeah. I, you know, I just didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like dying anymore. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's why I stopped. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing on my radar. The gifts of life, the gifts of being a father, of being a husband, of being a genuine friend and not trying to manipulate or not, you know, <laughs> what can I get out of this relationship or how can I manipulate yeah. you into getting what cow. I want? Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's remarkable how just the gift of living a genuine life is like unmeasurable and, <clears throat> and such a foreign concept to me in the fucked up place that I was. I didn't even well, know you, it was you, a thing. Yeah, you, like, yeah, even, you have no idea. Yeah. Like how good it can get. Yeah. Right. 
We yeah. remember at the start thinking, you know, what in the hell am I going to do the rest of my life without alcohol? <laughs> like everything revolved around booze, <laughs> uh, from fishing to camping to baseball to holidays. And now it's not even a thought. Like yeah. who cares, right? Yeah. But I, in that moment, I'm like, man, life is over. Yeah. Well, but, you got lots of chats with newcomers, right? And he's like, what do you, what do you guys do now? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, all the same shit, dude. Like, yeah. all, like all the same things. And we just don't it. get fucked up. <laughs> we, we, we can wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and have a productive Saturday. Yeah. Like, I didn't know Saturday mornings existed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. I know where my car is. Oh, I don't yeah. have a pocket full of drink tickets anymore. Yeah. It's just wild. So, yeah, we, we, still go, we still go golfing. We still get together and watch Flames kick the shit out of the Oilers. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> you know, and, and all these things still happen. And... Uh, you can do it without being fucked up. Yeah. And just that concept was like, yeah, why? Well, and they call bullshit, right? <laughs> Which is the funny thing. And we right. were, uh, we were at a meeting with one of our clients in, in child protective services not too long ago as advocating for him and his support program mm -hmm. and trying to help him out. And, uh, and the lady running the, running the meeting says, a child protective services worker says, you know, it must be so hard staying sober all this time every day. And, and actually it was Damien that said it. He goes, no, it's easy. Like yeah. not staying sober is the hard part. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you had any idea how hard that oh, was, this is fucking easy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, Truly. but I also know the fear of being on the other side of that, you know, looking at that and yeah. the impossibility of it just because mm. how foreign, <clears throat> even the concept of living a sober life is terrifying. Right. Cause like. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what we're doing here and what we always do and what you do yourself. And the more we talk about it, the easier it becomes for people to, it gives them that permission, right? Well, maybe that is possible. If those guys were that fucked up and they're living that life today because of the, what the, the work they did, maybe there is some hope. Yeah. 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 I, I tell you, I, I certainly don't miss the days of running out of blow. No, no, we're <laughs> like, coming close to running out. Yeah, yeah, it's like that last gram, man. You know, it's like, like oh. what? It's already gone. What? Yeah, yeah, right. How are we gonna get more? That was supposed to last till Thursday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, been there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna ration this for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. sure. sure. Mm, yeah. Well, that was good. You want to do another one? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. You better phone up Felipe again because that was yeah. my guy. Yeah. Uh, how much do you have? <laughs> okay, I'll take it all. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was one of the comments we made earlier today when you were in chat. And is I, I I go honestly, I don't know, I don't know how you're alive, man. I know because I look at what I did and what I put my body through, and <clears throat> and what stopped me from more was my tax bracket, right? <laughs> you know, like that's honestly the. <clears throat> I ended up with nothing at the yeah. end of it, right? right. Yeah. And and I know the damage that did to me. I couldn't imagine. I was, it wasn't too long ago I was with a bunch of buddies and then we were, well, I guess it was long ago. I was still using back then. But, uh, you know, the Lotto Max was at like 50 million or something or it was setting a record and we're all, these guys are all like, well, let's pitch in and let's all, you know, throw a hundred bucks in and buy a shitload of tickets, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so then we all, you know, okay, we do it. And we all start, you know, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? <laughs> And it gets to me, and so like two of these guys are are doctors, and the other guy was my lawyer. So like, <laughs> and they and they get to me, and I'm like, wouldn't fucking matter. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'd be dead in a week. Yeah. Like oh, you you put fifty million dollars into my bank account, I won't make it a fucking week, man. <laughs> and they just looked at me like you're a special kind of fucked up, eh? Right? Because they're all like buying property in Mexico and investing it in this and well, starting I know what this I'm business. Getting, I'm doing private jet. Straight to Columbia, to the source, <laughs> yeah. Till I till I'm dead. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. where it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about those crazy charades all the time, and mm. even well, just in the moment, like back in active addiction, thinking about that, right? Like, just the insanity of the disease <laughs> is so powerful, right? Yeah. And even on the other end of the coin, if I had fifty cents left in my pocket, or I had the choice between, do I pay for my kid's hockey season this year? No, that's that can wait. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's, we'll figure that out. Yeah. 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 That'll sort itself <laughs> out. It's insanity yeah. of it. I know. I can always make more money tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, there was a few, <clears throat> a few practice days where, you know, I hadn't slept and I was like really, really high or I'd do a couple rails before I went into the, 
the rink for practice and I'm just skating around on the ice and going, yep, today's the day. My heart's going to just explode. For sure. You know, and then I make it. Yeah. You know, make it through another practice. You know, I no. can remember doing the same thing, except I was in the no hit league. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the same NHL, but yeah. the no hit league. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I've always been dying to ask one question, sure. and I can't remember the guy. It was I said I'm not gonna. I don't really care to talk about the NHL in your hockey days, but mm. I was telling Nick <clears throat> about it this morning. I said the one time my favorite Theron Fleury highlight and I mean it's it makes so much sense to me because I know your story and I've been in those shoes before and I can't remember which guy it was you were on the Rangers and it was some big bruiser and you grabbed the stick out of his hands and broke the blade on it and looked at him and chirped him off a bit and I thought that's my favorite Fleury highlight <laughs> <laughs> well when you're not afraid to die yeah you know it's just like absolutely you know you just have no fear. Like you just don't, you just don't care. Well, I, th I think that's a big piece, right? You're talking about skating around the ice and going like, you know, I think today's the day. Mm. And the terrifying thing is being okay with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's the fucked up part about it. Right. It's like, Meh, maybe today's yeah. the day, whatever. Mm. You know, I, I, it's not a terrible thing to be done with this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, you know, and then, okay, you make it. You go home, you sleep for 16 hours because you got a game the, the, the next day. You wake up, you feel pretty good, go to the morning skate, have a meal, then you get to sleep a little bit more, and then you go out, you feel fucking great, and then what happens after the game? Do the same thing over yeah. again. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I did that for, for like 15 years. For sure. Like, and your body, like, your body's so resilient. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. We talked about that too because I know without getting too much into the, the suicide stuff, when I attempted to take my life for 14 hours, I filled it full of prescription drugs, cocaine and vodka, yeah. parked in a field in yeah. 40 below weather yeah. and got rushed to the emergency room. And to this day, there's no long-term repercussions from that. <laughs> I thought, who does that and doesn't have any internal injuries or any, <laughs> any damage? There's just handfuls of pills. Oh yeah. Well, even in the, like the, you know, the COVID sensitive world we are, right? Um, I'm talking to people and I'm like, man, if you knew the shit I put in my body or the, the crumbs I picked out of carpet and like, yeah. I'm fucking invincible. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if, if I'm not dead yet yeah. from the shit that I put into my system, yeah. I'm all right. I'm on COVID. <laughs> yeah. But I understand why I have mental health issues yeah. after doing all oh, that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can only eat so much drywall yeah. off the carpet yeah. <laughs> before it starts having some repercussions. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was just telling him, I still have this habit today, and my wife shakes her head at it, right? And I'll be in the house or whatever, and I'll pick something up off the couch or off the ground, and I put it in my mouth. That's how I tell what it is. Yeah. And she's like, what? and you know, nine times, out of the t nine times out of ten, I'm like, not food. Yeah. And she just looks at me like, what the fuck? And I'm like, uh, old habits die hard, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, if you could just get a little fucking... <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, my goodness. It's oh. so crazy, man. Fuck the insanity, eh? Yeah. Well, there's a great, you know, the Globe and Mail did a uh, review on my book. They yeah. put one line. <laughs> we can't believe this guy saved his or survived his own life. Yeah. That was the yeah. that was the review book review. <laughs> it's true. Right? I remember reading yeah. your book for the first time, and the the part that I could relate to once I got you know, recognize what I was and got into recovery, then I could really relate to that piece. Cause in the moment I thought, how the fuck is that possible? But the parts you talk about when you would leave Madison square gardens and get a few bottles and go down and drink with the guys around yeah. the burning barrels. And we were just talking about that this morning. And I said, I, today I can relate to that. Yeah. Like that's where I would have went to. That was my, that was my group therapy. Session. Yeah. That, right. Oh. We were drinking, but it was group therapy because, you know, I could relate. Yeah. I could relate to the childhood. I could relate to what the childhood did. I could, I could, uh, you know, I, I just wasn't homeless. Yeah. You know, I, I could totally relate because it was the same trauma experience. Yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> and like you said, those guys were pretty happy dudes. <laughs> like, you know, it was fucking freezing. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They were happy to. Community. You know, happy to join and. You know, be a part of the conversation, and yeah. you know, it's just yeah, and and it's and people just you know when I when I tell that story, like people are like, what? 
And I'm like, you got to understand where I was at and what was going on, right? Because as soon as I got three blocks away from Madison Square Garden, I'm I'm a nobody. Yeah. You know, which I loved. Yeah. Right? The anonymity of being invisible. Yeah. As soon as you step in that three three block radius then you're a member of the national hockey league and the new york rangers right but other than that you know yeah so wild yeah it was wild life crazy life you know (laughs) so but you know i always say uh, i remember getting my first paycheck in new york and i opened the envelope and i just looked at the number and i just started fucking laughing because I was like, what is this? Like, this is stupid. You know, For sure. 400000 after tax. Yeah. You know, I had a job when I was 10 years old making $2 an hour. For or sure. Maybe less than that, you know, and I was just like, and I was happy then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, this is crazy. You know, it wasn't reality. Yeah. You know, there's not, like, at the end of the day, there's nothing really glamorous about being a professional athlete other than the paycheck. Right. It's the same shit every yeah. day. Practice, arenas, airports, you know, the odd strip club, you know. For sure. It sounds like the oil field. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Been there. That's, yeah. That's so true. Sounds like a rig I was on. Yeah. 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 Well, a bunch of my buddies lived in Red Deer. Relatives and... <clears throat> members were in red deer they moved from saskatchewan every time they'd come to a game it was just the biggest shit show you've ever oh, seen i bet life. it was all, <clears throat> they all had expense accounts and, yeah you know it was just it was crazy when oil patch stuff right i can remember the company i was one of the managers at one of the biggest western pipeline companies in western canada and we'd go on corporate retreats and we ended up in banff and the Banff Springs Hotel, and we golf all afternoon. There's 120 pipeliners, and these are career pipeliners, like in their mid-50s, right? So we can everybody can drink. And then we they tell us, well, the, the clubhouse has told us for $20 a head, they're going to give everybody free drinks for an hour. And I'm like, oh, my God. You're losing these money. These are pipeliners <laughs> for 20 bucks a head. We're gone in the first five minutes. Worst business decision <laughs> ever at the Banff Springs. And that's... All I remember from that corporate retreat was that <laughs> it was crazy, but that's the whole mentality, right? It's yeah. like the culture I was in. From the hockey world I played in, I found the guys that drank like me, to the oil patch, I found the guys that drank like me, and I was never abnormal <laughs> that way. Everybody just yeah. drank like I did, and mm-hmm. we talk about it, there's guys in recovery now that I worked with, and we're all happen to be now in Medicine Hat in recovery, and we laugh about those retreats. Like if we all would have piled it all up together, yeah. but we're all hiding it in our rooms, right? Because it's isolation. <laughs> oh, we don't want anyone to know. Yeah. But we're all banged up for days oh. on end. And <laughs> the one guy there, you know who I'm talking about, he says, I just thought you had to go to the bathroom a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought you had a weak bladder well, every 10 minutes. You remember when the bullets came out? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, that was like, <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. have to leave my fucking bar stool. Yeah. Oh, you just, just do a little fucking yeah. thing and yeah. do it right there. 100%. You didn't have to throw it out. You just did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I was living in Santa Fe, like, that was, that was nuts because... Yeah. I met this guy uh, at this club I used to go to all the time, this strip joint I used to go all the time. I'd get bored in Santa Fe and drive in for, you know, a two-week fucking binge (laughs) in in Albuquerque. So I meet this guy. He calls himself the Manando. He's right from Colombia. So he's getting shipped like the bricks Mm -hmm. before they're stomped on, cut, or whatever. So he would, it's here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, be there in 20 minutes. It was a 45-minute drive. <laughs> and then I'd just cut it right off the fucking brick, pure, sift it all, and then i have all my little bullets that I bought, fill them all up, and I'd be just good to go for two weeks. Crazy. Yeah, for sure, and I, I know, you know, that whole piece that you just described that for me was part of the addiction was the ritual oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. the whole process before I even got high. It was cutting it up, laying it out, yeah. putting it where you were going to mm-hmm. put it. And <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it was is, like it's I was a ready. It's up ritual, right? It is. It is. Like you, 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 there's certain things that need to happen in a certain order. And, and that's yeah, what like gets, you didn't even have to snort it. You're no. already there. Oh yeah. Like yeah. You're already yeah. there. And then f- when you actually get to do that first one, it's that. Like, 
we have a friend that says he was taking his pre-deal shit 10 minutes before he knew that phone was going to ring. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. so anxious. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The anticipation shit yeah. get scoring. Yeah. But I know that's another piece like working in this industry now. That's another piece that is so hard for people in addiction to break that habit, that yeah. ritual too, right? Oh, yeah. Especially if you're an IV drug user, that ritual of using a needle oh. is stronger than yeah. anything. Yeah. It's huge. Crazy. Well, the first, that first treatment center I was telling you guys about, uh, what I learned was how to do every single drug on the planet every which way it can be done. Yeah. That's what I learned. Better. That's what I learned yeah. in the first treatment center. I believe I went to. Research and development, yeah. eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. And I met this lady <clears throat> in there who was addicted to plastic surgery. And oh, I you bet. couldn't even recognize her face. Yeah. She had... I think she said she had 50 facelifts done and it's she still wasn't happy with right it was it was unbelievable and i was like holy cow you know you're fucked up but but, it, but, it, but it, yeah but it just you know it just kind of made me realize that there's all different kinds of mm-hmm. coping mechanisms you know that we <clears throat> grasp onto you For know sure. and so like you mentioned gabor mate earlier yeah. and i've read his books and we've we just did a, he was in Australia doing a free presentation the other night that we all tuned into. But in his book, The Realm of the Hungry yeah. Ghost, he talks about his addiction to classical yeah. CDs yeah. and how he missed the lady's pregnancy because he had to go into a music store when the compulsion hit. Yeah. And I was reading that before I got into recovery and I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Who does that? And then yeah. I'm like, no, that's not ridiculous. Yeah. It's Makes the compulsion, sense. the obsession. Yeah. doesn't matter what you're using. Yeah. Oh, He's a neat dude, man. So, I got to drive with him from Lethbridge to... No, for Medicine Hat, no. Yeah, Medicine Hat to Lethbridge. And it was two hours of just unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Wisdom. Yeah, he's yeah. been one of the guys that I follow and, yeah. and watch everything that he puts out. Yeah, he wrote the forward to the second book for us. And yeah. Yeah, it was, he's just an amazing guy. This is a funny story. So Kim and I were in Vancouver as we were getting ready to write the book. And we met Gabor for lunch. And then we asked him if he'd write for He said, yeah, no problem. But he said, I'm doing a speaking engagement tonight at some school or whatever. And we're like, oh, can we come? He's like, yeah, sure. So (laughs) five minutes into his uh, talk, I'm in the chair. (laughs) (laughs) Like out cold snoring. Kim is like embarrassed. Like what the fuck is going on? So as I'm walking out of the... uh, out of the event, he has all of his books and shit. So I say to the girl, does Gabor have any uh, meditation tapes? Because <laughs> I was out cold. Oh, my God, that's so, so cold. <laughs> so I, I didn't hear one word he said. And Kim was like completely beat red. I bet. Fucking, I, I bet. One of the world's most renowned addiction yeah. and specialists, right? Doctors and yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. It put me to sleep. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, I know they're expecting us to do our thing here in a little while. Yeah, it's. Uh, Are you guys? You guys up next? We well, we're back in for another the, the wrap up piece oh, good. here. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And you're welcome to come back in if you feel like it. If you're busy, I think Selena's gonna. Good. Take. We'll spend some family time because we all know how important that is right mm-hmm. now with COVID and any time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, COVID is. Is Desert Bloom open yet? Uh, yeah, today. Today okay. they open. Yeah. Hmm. Anytime you're in town, you want to go play around, Selena knows how to get to me. It'll be an absolute pleasure. Well, there's going to be nothing open in Calgary for the next two weeks. So yeah. we'll be. You'll be getting a call. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Josh played Desert Bloom uh, last summer on his way out with his mom to Moose John. He said it was just awesome. Beautiful course. Awesome yeah. course. Beautiful yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty lucky in this community this size. There are some really nice golf courses. Yeah. But that's yeah. the nicest one for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my crack cocaine now is playing golf. Yeah. 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 Can't get enough of it. I played 140 rounds last year. Oh, my goodness. I just had a complete shoulder rebuild the end of November. Oh. So I'm, the range of motion isn't quite there, but uh, well, I only got two rounds in last year, which was devastating for yeah. me. But 
Love the game. Yeah. Love yeah, the game. It's, it's so it's good. pretty cool. Mm. It's my mental health spot yeah. on the golf course. <laughs> Big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And I love watching people lose their mind when their game goes south. I know, right? it? And um, yeah. it's entertaining to me. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be here for the enjoyment yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Well, I used to get mad on the course, too, oh. and I, not anymore. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used to do. There's the same always thing. tomorrow. We, <laughs> there was a fellow I used to golf with in Swift Current, and he'll if he's listening to this, we were probably in our early 20s, and I think it was the weekend before the Bronco Golf Tournament oh. where he got anger, rage, and hit his club against the ball washer, snapped the shaft, and it stuck in his neck. <laughs> yeah, so I don't throw clubs. I don't hit things with clubs ever since then. Yeah. Crazy. You're not going to unsee that. What's, eh? what's the course? Elmwood? That's Elmwood, yeah. What a great course. Yeah, that's a cool course. Yeah. I remember uh, I played in the Saskatchewan Motor Dealers. Okay. Golf tournament. And the night before was just the shit show. Were you down at the big eye? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yeah. And we just won the cup. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And, uh, wow, I rolled up to the first tee that day, and I was like, how am I going to hit a golf ball? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. And and it looks, it's probably about 100 yards wide, but that one is probably about 10 yards wide. <laughs> the golf ball looked like this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've, yeah. Been in the, I've been in those shoes on that first tee box at the Bronco tournament oh, before yeah. where, when I was using yeah. and watched this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three fairways over. There goes my ball. It's like a monkey yeah. with a machine gun. Yeah. And I used to get loaded. Oh, man. Well, good stuff, guys. Yeah, well, sir, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, if you're ever in town, you're interested in doing another episode or going golfing, by all mm -hmm. means. Uh, For love sure. to. Welcome to the Our Collective Journey team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, keep up the good work. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, men especially need a lot of support, especially now, you know, with uh, the economy and, you know, jobs are hard to find and all that stuff, you know, that when you lose hope, you know, that's when, that's when it gets sketchy. Oh, yeah. it's purpose too, I think, a lot, right? Yeah. That goes hand in hand with yeah. that. You lose purpose, mm -hmm. you lose hope. Yeah. 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 When Absolutely. you lose hope, then, you know, you have tragedy, unfortunately, <clears throat> right? So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. And I know so, we've, we've all been there at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So been that's there. that whole lived experience. Been there, like, done that, got the t-shirt, you know, the whole <laughs> <laughs> the whole experience yeah but uh you know there i think there's always a reason to keep going you know uh no matter how far down you go right mm -hmm. you got three perfect examples of that you know that can make it back and then when you do make it back you know you usually end up in the in the industry yeah. helping other people because you're working on your own stuff right absolutely you know and the only way you can do that is by helping other people because it's a reminder of where you used to be and and uh, where you want to get to yeah right <laughs> absolutely no. 100% we don't do it to get rich <laughs> no and I've heard that right like, you guys make some good money no we don't do it for that no no, no. the nonprofit no. industry does not pay that well no it sure, certainly doesn't but I'll tell you it's the happiest I've ever been yeah for yeah. sure it's like I said my phone stopped ringing yeah yeah. life got so because I got nothing to give you <laughs> so the true, ATM right? is closed <laughs> right on man you know well, oh. thank you very much, Theo. No, thank you guys. This has been a huge honor and a pleasure. And, you know, from guys that grew up watching you and, you know, to sit at a table and have this kind of conversation and not, you know, how many yeah. goals did you score in this and that? And yeah. You know what? This is where it's at today. Yeah. And this has been it's amazing about, for me. It's all about recovery now. Well, 100%. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I always say I would trade all that stuff to save somebody's life. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, Stanley Cup, gold medals. So this is this is the real stuff, right? Oh. You know, right? I love it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, and uh, <clears throat> well, like Damien said, right? That watching that light turn on in somebody's eyes—that's yeah. better than any line I've ever done in my life. Yeah, absolutely, so for sure. Yeah, 100%. and then you want more of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's you, that's you, my new yeah. that's my new fix. Right, mm -hmm. just helping. Yeah, and you know, to witness people uh, find that courage is just you know, and to witness it yeah. is just. Incredible. We, we talked about that earlier, and that's one of the things that redefined my definition of courage. Mm -hmm. Was you know it used to be bar fighting three on six, and it's <laughs> not right. Now it's like when you, you see something that scares the shit out of you, and I go right into it and try to get through it. That's courage. Yeah, 
knowing that there's a possibility of failing, but I'm going to learn something. Yeah. It's, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. When you, when you realize that it's a lesson in front of you and you know, that's, that's when it gets dodgy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because all that old thinking comes back, right? You know, fear, fear, anxiety. (laughs) Oh yeah. Who do you think you are for trying this? Yeah. You're not going to make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But you know, the best way through fear is through it. Yeah. Right. You know, and then you look back and you go, fuck, I was an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't that hard. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. (laughs) You know, right on. Right on. Well, awesome. with that, thanks a lot. Can't uh, can't thank you enough for your involvement and your support here, and uh, yeah. for the support of the community. Appreciate it. I've dedicated the rest of my life to doing this. So, right? It's awesome. I can't stay sober without this. So, yeah. there you go. Best way to close, right there. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah. From darkness to life is an hour collective journey podcast. These are the true stories of struggles and triumphs against addiction and mental health challenges. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Rick, Ryan, and Damien are here for you. Contact Our Collective Journey on Facebook at Our Collective Journey or on the web at ourcollectivejourney.ca. Hosted by Poncho Parker. Produced by Rob Pate. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a Plugged In Media Network exclusive. Check out this and our other great podcasts at pymedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.